our mission, and we choose to accept it, is zero injuries and zero environmental impact. A healthy workforce and environment is key to our nation's continued success. The Mission Zero podcast is a deep dive with the industry's top experts into the health, safety and environmental aspects of today's workplace. Our mission is to be a platform for new ideas and strategies that, when implemented, will improve our safety, our environment and how we govern out business. We are making the world safer and we're going to have fun doing it. Okay, welcome everybody back to the Mission Zero podcast. It's been quite a while uh, since we've had an episode. Uh, we took quite, quite a bit of time off. I had uh, a few health issues that I dealt with and feeling a lot better and no better guest for my first guest back, Keith Stelter. What's up, man? Man, uh, I'm glad to hear you're feeling better. And I, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. It's nice uh, nice to be asked to be on a show instead <laughs> of actually having to do the asking. You were too interesting to never, ever talk to. And that's why I wanted to talk to you. And, you know, for our audience, I had been trying to do this with you for quite a while. I've had to cancel a few meetings with you. So uh, I appreciate you not uh, holding that against me or getting upset with me. Uh, I was really, you know, dealing with some terrible things. and But, uh, you know, Treatment has come along that has been much better for me. Life is much better for me now, and and the Mission Zero is about to get rolling again in a big way. So I appreciate you coming on. You, uh, you're uh, <clears throat> you're head of marketing. Is that what you said? Uh, I'm in charge of marketing now at at, at uh, Arc Energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've kind of messing with my title. I kind of went from business development. Now I'm corporate marketing and strategic development, but. Recently, I took over the marketing department. I'm also doing a few things with the used equipment uh, department as well. So I'm wearing a few different hats here. So uh, sales is good. I'm in my first full year of sales with ARC with process equipment. This is my, you know, I I was a wireline guy for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so this is my first venture. And I don't know, uh, doing pretty good, I think. Before you talk too much about what you're currently doing, you're you're from, you're Canadian. You're a transplant here and we love you here. Um, I'm also a citizen now, too. Are you so. really? Yes, sir. When, when did that happen? Uh, November 9th will be officially two years. Okay, okay. I, th- I thought you, I remember was talking about it. I couldn't remember if it actually happened or if it was about to happen, but uh, but we're certainly, that's certainly an exciting thing. Glad it to have you here, It was quite the man. process, and I'm happy to be here. Uh, well, tell us a, uh, a little bit about, uh, your, you know, your childhood and all, you know, not detailed, but just kind of where you came from, the how you got into notes. the, it's Cliff Notes, about your life. Key points, how you got here, how you, how you went from uh, a boy growing up in Canada to, you know, being a big uh, a big deal in the oil field in, oh, in uh, Texas now. Deal, but uh, my, my father uh, was a farmer and he also, uh, in Canada, you got pretty uh, big winters. So mm. in the wintertime, he hauled uh, rigs, uh, winch tractor, that kind of stuff. So I've been around the oil field growing up. I uh, grew up on a farm in uh, northeast uh, uh, Alberta, just outside of Edmonton, Alberta. And uh, so it always made sense. Eventually, I would kind of find my way into the oil field, even though I went to school for civil engineering. Uh, you know, I had one job there and kind of was working around the clock, but the money wasn't all that great. So uh, Slummer J came a calling one day and uh, they were international. So that was a way of, you know, I, I uh, always wanted to play football versus hockey. That kind of thing was where my interests were. So I always kind of liked the idea of Texas. So I was like, man, I'm going to, my goal is to, get with a company and get transferred down to Texas and uh, marry a blonde haired uh, Texas woman <laughs> and uh, go from there. And uh, after three years with Slummer's Day, I did get transferred down to actually Graham, Texas. And uh, 
found that blonde-haired uh, girl outside of Cleburne, Texas in the Barnett Shale days back then. I was about 2006, and uh, we got married, and a couple hop, skip, and a jumps back and forth from Canada back in here, and uh, I find myself now in the Permian today. You are the Canadian Arnold Schwarzenegger. You like? Oh, I don't know. You manifested don't know. what you wanted to do. Well, I, I, there is a couple things I haven't. You know, I, I made myself a couple lists of things I wanted, places I wanted to be, and I've, I've achieved most of those. There's, you know, still a couple things outstanding. But yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think I did not too bad for, you know, what I set out to do for sure. I've had a great, you know, if I was to die tomorrow, I got great family and kids and i've seen a lot of done a lot of things you know i you know no regrets you know i tried what to get what i wanted done did you uh before what did you do in oil and gas before you got into the marketing business development side is that what you always been in or no so uh, for the most part the you know nearly 20 years i was operations guy uh started with slumberjay and wireline uh was uh you know worked the field for five or six years uh with them and a couple other little companies and Eventually found my way into management with Weatherford. Uh, worked a little bit overseas with a company called OilServe. And uh, in Iraq, uh, you know, for the most part, Basra or Iraq. That was a great experience. The Middle East uh, is a place uh, I think is very misunderstood. And a lot of people, uh, you know, don't give it, you know, they, they get nervous or whatever. But I, I had a great experience over there. Uh, and then, So you were in the Army? No, no, no. Worked for OilServe oh, and oh, okay. doing wireline over there. In, in Iraq? Yeah. What year was this? Uh, 2013. Oh, so, so after. Yeah. 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 So that was kind of, and after the war and then before all the other, the ISIS stuff too. So it was a good time. Uh, basically, we all got cleared out, you know, at, I think at the end of 2013, 2014, some ISIS was kind of coming into to power there. And uh, that cleared out a lot of expats. And, yeah. Uh, but the Basra field, you know, it was pretty... Pretty cool, older, older style field that, uh, you know, at serve there were a lot of projects cleaning that up. But, uh, yeah, and then came back, ended up back with Weatherford. Uh, me and my wife were in Canada for about five years. And then once we started having kids, uh, got an opportunity to come back, uh, went back with Weatherford. Uh, old uh, boss, Bill 80, uh, who I worked for in Canada, hired me back on uh, in, in the U.S. And. Started out as a subject matter expert in, you know, pump downs, that kind of horizontal kind of wireline de uh, delivery, and then found myself as operations manager in Oklahoma, and then the area manager for the Permian uh, was the last thing before they shut down all the wireline for Weatherford, uh, just 2019, the end of 2019, they did yeah. that. And so that kind of led me to the marketing thing, you know. Uh, I had a chance, you know, uh, briefly to go back to Slumberjay. Uh, which I originally started. Once again, it was wireline, but it was sales. And I'd never done sales before. And, uh, you know, I ran into a, an amazing individual over there, uh, Maciel Diaz, you know, <laughs> flipping the barrel. Mm -hmm. She works over there and I got the chance to see what she does. And with COVID coming on, I saw all the online stuff she was doing. And I'm like, she's got it figured out. Like I might be old and I might have a little bit more wireline experience, <laughs> but she's got the sales and what, you know, how you get, attention and move ahead here like yeah. it's not what you know it's who you know yeah. and so that's where i originally kind of started tinkering more with linkedin posting and trying to network on there and covid hit they kind of shut down all the sales out here for the permian so now instead of marketing wireline products i became the product yeah 
And that, you know, I couldn't just wait for the phone to ring, you know, sending out resumes like thousands of other people have been laid off, you know, hoping that there was a spot somewhere. I wanted to create my own opportunity and I figured, you know, posting, I wasn't doing anything else at home. Why not try and, you know, set myself apart somehow? So I figured, you know, your resume says one thing about you, but if you actually, what I started doing was just telling stories of real life examples of, you know, times in the wireline that I solved a problem, right? Like yeah. it's people want, you know, you talk, you know, you want to be a problem solver. Okay. That's great to say, but give me an example of you solving a problem. And I went and told stories about how I found drill callers on our P and L statement in wireline division one time. And I'm like, well, there's no drill callers in the wireline division that goes to the drilling department. So the depreciation was getting hit wrong and calculated wrong. in one of my P and L's, uh, there was a, you know, I just went on stories like that and it started catching fire. And then a big shout out to one guy who saw what I was doing, David Gibson, you know, the Vidor locksmith. He's got one of the biggest in the LinkedIn shows. And he was like, Hey man, you know, I like what you're doing and stuff. I want to help you out. I'm going to give you like a little segment on my show called a minute with Keith. And I did that for probably two or three months. Hopefully it wasn't longer than that. I looking back, you know, hopefully, uh, I did that justice. He, he was great to me. And then uh, Arc Energy came and was like, hey, we like what you're doing and you're trying to set yourself apart. And you got all these people because lots of people reached out during that time. Yeah. But it was like I didn't check a box. Like they were like, man, we love all this marketing you're doing and advertising and you're networking and people are really, you know, responding to you. But then they go, wait, you're don't have a marketing degree and you haven't been doing this for five years and they just kind of move on. Right. It was like, I didn't check the box and you know, Jason Arsenault to his credit, you know, the president of, of arc energy kind of had to sell me to some of his other people as well. He's like, here's this guy. And you know, for example, uh, there's one guy on the board who was like, why the hell do we want to hire this wireline guy who has no process equipment experience? And now he's one of my biggest, you know, supporters. That's the same guy, you know, taking him over. So, so it, you, you mentioned process. So tell us a little bit about for the audience who may not uh, know a lot about ARC. Can you give a scope of what the, the work is with that with ARC and everything they do? You know, yeah. So, you know, I was upstream wireline, you know, that's downhole tools mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. And uh, then uh, ARC Energy builds process equipment. And what that is, you know, you have your uh, separators on location. So basically everything after the wellhead, you know, your flare stacks, your heater treaters, uh, dealing, and ARC definitely deals more on the gas processing side. So uh, capturing flare gas, VRUs, that's vapor recovery units, <clears throat> any kind of big vessels, slug catchers, they dr dry gas with dehys and stuff. So you know, from the production department to the facilities department at a oil company to midstream, you know, midstream, I would say is probably 60% of our business building compressor stations. Now we don't actually do the actual compressor, but we do the, the vessels and the separators and all that sort of stuff. Uh, we also deal in generators and it's actually a pretty global company. So even though we might not deal with something, because Jason has been networking the owner of the company for so long and, and dealing because we buy a lot of equipment and mm -hmm. we recondition it, that people will come to us. And even though we might not deal in it, we know where it is. So it's, you know, hopefully that kind of covered it. But yeah. process equipment, we buy it, we recondition it. So if you have an old vessel on location, you know, that's part of when I got there, 
And I, I learned that they were doing this, buying old vessels. They sandblast it, clean it up. They hydro test it. They have an RSTAP ASME code. I'm like, man, that's not just reconditioned. You're, you're recycling. Like, that's a great ESG message. And they were like, holy crap, you're, you're right. Or, you know what I mean? I'm like, you're saving, you know, if that vessel's 40,000 pounds of steel, that's 40,000 pounds of brand new steel that didn't have to be made, which saves about 80,000 pounds of carbon dioxide from, you know, being yeah, right. produ produced, right? So it's a nice little, and why not take advantage of something, you know, why waste, right? Yeah. Why let some of this big equipment out there go to rusting? And so that's kind of what we do in a, in a little bit of a nutshell. So appreciate that. Appreciate that. You know, tell them what they going do. Off, yeah. Well, because you Tangent. know, I myself, uh, as, as much as I am out here talking to oil field people, I've never worked in the oil field. So when people tell me about companies and, that that company could be a very popular company, could be a company everyone knows and is aware of, but I may not know half of what they do and, and exactly what that is. So no, I like to hear exactly what a company does, and 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 I believe uh, what we talked about earlier the the things that Arc does. We're going to see a big year next year, right? It's growth in that particular spot in the oil field because. <clears throat> I, th I mentioned this on my podcast before is, you know, I, I think people completely removed from the oil field and see it from a, uh, you know, a 10,000 foot look, don't realize how complicated it is and how intricate it is and how, how many moving parts there really is parts. just to, like, it, it's, you know, it's divided up into three groups, upstream, midstream and, and downstream. And Everybody knows about drilling and getting that stuff, but okay, that's just one part of getting it to the surface. Now it's got to get somewhere and just getting it to the refinery to be processed, to be sent to your home to burn is, is a massive undertaking yeah. in itself and the capacities to do that and make sure like that gas doesn't come out or oil doesn't come out perfect. There's lots of impurities that can lots you know, of work through there, you know corrosion just to <coughs> deteriorate so you got to make sure it's all gone excuse me so it's uh you know i i like the fact you never get to learn everything like no. every time i i spent years in wireline i still didn't know you know all of it that had to be done on the wireline side and that's just one part of upstream and now coming coming over to midstream and seeing how much there is here as well it's it's remarkable it is a miracle what people do out here it is it is unbelievable what they do, but uh, and, and safely <laughs> and, and environmentally responsibly. Like I know it gets a lot of heat when there's spills or something, but if you knew the amount of material that was really being moved and the percentage of what's actually leaked or spilled and stuff, it's it truly How is far in the earth. It is. Oh, that's the, what's insane to me. Like they're going incredibly far under the, the temperature and the <clears throat> pressure is is you know it's so intense and. Like measure while drilling, like they're vibrating, breaking through stone, and they're taking measurements, you know, 13,000 feet away underground under immense pressure and temperature and sending information to surface. And it works. That like, was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life when I was in, I was in Slumberjay. I was at their drilling and measurement uh, facility in, uh, in Houston. And I work with Slumberjay a lot with my, with my new company. And uh, I was working with them recently there where they're putting it into the downhole tools but the where i'm actually working where they're actually building the electronic boards there are electronic boards that grow on this drill and, and i'm speaking mostly to the audience that may not have mm -hmm. know about the oil field not to you of course but these electronic boards are basically computers that are going on these things going way into the earth 
to, to work. And it's incredibly um, intricate, like what these people are doing there. They're building these things because, you know, they, they have to have heat and stuff. So I was looking at different types of gloves and uh, working on a coat that will not, um, you know, textile that will, will static electricity yep. textile, you know, form as well. So it's, 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 you could go on and on about the marvels it is, but I want to talk to you today. Uh, <clears throat> you know, what I want to, I guess, more discuss. You and I met how, about a year and a half ago. Yes, about sir. a year and a half ago for uh, good friend JP Warren. It was another like, uh, myself that really has got it figured out. He's a hell of a human being and, and also really good at what he does. But we, we met and what I instantly, um, and I think the, you heard it in some of the things you've said already. Your, uh, what I liked about you instantly was your spirit, uh, your positivity, uh, zest for life, and and most of all, you're one of the most mindful people I've ever met. You 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 realize how blessed you are, and you're thankful for it. And 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 so that's a part of the reasons I want to get on there. But I want to start. I want to go now to about 2020. Right? That's when you said, okay. This is I've got, I'm the product now, yeah. and, and I gotta market myself. And so, what was the first thing you did? Like, t- t- give us a give us a little bit about the first year of that and how you developed that because you didn't know a lot of people like you do now. Like, oh, it was building a network, and so you know the visit. The main thing was I knew you had to stay positive, right? I see the biggest advice I could give anybody out there who's looking for a job or you know. Posting now, what do I do is don't say, but don't say, you know, I'm so, you know, I am desperate. Don't, you know, nobody wants, you know, it's unfortunate. It happens. And I felt a lot, a lot of times the same way, but nobody wants to go and hire someone who's, who's, who's broken. Like basically, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, maybe that's a horrible way of putting it, but they want to know you still have the fight in you to when they hire you, you're going to hit the ground running and you're going to, you know, bring a, you know, positivity and a great part, a new part to the company, right? So that's what I focused on was one, kind of expanding on my resume, examples of of problems I solved, but then positive spin. And it always was thinking of questions I've been asked in interviews was how I've tried to frame most of the posts to try and once again, market myself. Uh, One post that really caught a lot of people's attention was, uh, uh, do you learn things quickly? You know, like you pick up new skills. And I was fortunate enough, my wife bought me a, a track package to a, a racetrack. And I've never raced a car or anything or drove a Lamborghini before. But uh, I go to this track. It's in Crescent, Texas, just south of Fort Worth. And uh, I get on this. And uh, the instructor sits beside you. And he's like, okay, take this turn break now. Well, the average lap, you know, when someone was doing it, you know, anybody walking in, it was probably a minute and 30 seconds. Anybody could probably go in there and take one of these cars and go around there. And eventually I got the Lamborghini down to 113. And the track guy, I, I go like, what's the fastest ever? And he's like, well, we had a car, the McLaren, which has about 100 more horsepower than this. We got a professional driver, got it to 107. So he's like, you're only, you know five seconds off the fastest time and if this is your first time he's like he's like you're in probably the top five percent of, of people who ever come in here so to pick up I, I so i framed it as you know picking up things quickly right it was an excuse to post a picture of me and next to a nice 
beautiful Lamborghini, which caught a lot of people's attention, which eventually caught, you know, the Society of Petroleum Engineering. Uh, they have a magazine. They featured that in an article as well, just trying to, you know, market. And because of those kind of stories, guys like JP did reach out to me. He was like, man, I don't know you, but I kind of dig what you're, you're trying to do and accomplish. And I'm, you know, anything I can do to help you out, support you, I will. And he featured me on a couple of his little episodes as well. And so big, big thanks to him. We, you know, we recently had a nice publicized, uh, hair growing contest for sky That's high for kids. Right. So, uh, pretty proud I that donated I donated to that. <laughs> I actually got to beat him. I think you uh, donated to the other side. I, I did, man. Yeah, I did. I'm I, sorry. I, I never got around. You know, to oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how it happens. I'll take I get that it. It's all it, at that the out. end of the day, it all went to the right place. Yeah. Uh, it was great. You know, we both started out like, oh, we'll try and raise some money. And I got the idea. I was like, let's make this a Houston versus Permian thing. Don't let the guy coming in from Houston beat us Permian people, right? And that really set off a lot of people. And <laughs> oh, even to you know true. JP, like he was getting some pretty big donors, and then he was, you know, it became like a more than just a donation, came a, a fun thing. Yeah. And uh, heck, even for that, uh, I told him. But uh, some lady actually from Colorado, I never ever met, sent me a hundred dollars, and she was like, "Just make sure you beat that JP guy." And I was like, "What? Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think she was in good fun." Uh, For the most part, I don't think it, she meant anything bad, but I was just like, "Wow, people are really getting into this." That was awesome. I hope y'all I can't. I hope y'all do it again. Um, you know, because that's again anything that goes to good uh, a good cause is always oh, especially fun. for kids. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But getting back, so you know, I framed the posting, and, and I highly recommend anybody out there looking for a job. You know, people can see your your resume, and they can you know make a judgment how you know, they think you're going to be, but if you start framing all those questions, like picture yourself being in front of that hiring manager, what he's going to ask you, right? Yeah. It's going to be your, you know, some basic questions and answer those questions in your posting. And that's what I did. And it got a lot of people's attention and a lot of people's support then, cause I wasn't pushing a product. And that's how I've kind of carried it on to, you know, my job here, which got me my opportunity with, with arc energy. Right. Well, to refocus on advice you gave earlier, even if you're not interviewing for a job, you need to be, people may have had in their lives an instance where they solved a problem. You talked about solving problems. That's great advice. You better keep those in your mind. You better sit down one day and think, where did I solve a problem and why did it matter? How much did it matter? That's important because number one, you, if you're looking for a job, you're going to be asked that question about, you got about a 99% chance that question is going to be asked of you. Know it and, 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 and have it. And if you don't, if you sit down into yourself and you're honest with yourself and you don't have any examples of it, you better start solving problems because my, my mentor, uh, Mush Khan, he told me that in my career. He goes, you will be judged here, you know, in your life and in your business. How many problems you solve? Go find them to solve. They might, your, your CEO may not even know the problem exists, but find it and solve it. And that's how you'll grow. And he was absolutely right. You are as well. I, I recently, you know, I hear a lot of people, uh, they talk about math in high school and they're like, where am I ever going to need this? hypotenuse, you know, the square root, what, what it is. People need to realize it wasn't about knowing the, the long side or the short side of the triangle or the mm -hmm. calculus and stuff. It was how 
that got your mind trained how you look at problems. Take in the information you need, discard the information you don't need, mm -hmm. and what process do you really need to take to get to the final answer? Mm -hmm. Now, in math, okay, that is, you know, X equals what? But at the end of the day, if you're faced with a challenge like, okay, the tubing's stuck down hole, what can we do? You know, you better have a few different options and know, okay, this is what I have. This is what I don't have. Don't worry about how you got there. You're now, you're there. Deal with that later and, and solve the problem. And it also helps you with sales, right? Mm -hmm. Like I have this show, I called it Tally Book Troubleshooting. And the idea yeah. was... I knew lots of people had people coming on and telling stories. And what I wanted to do was, well, I didn't want to exactly tell people's background stories because a lot of people, I think, were doing it better than me. Yourself, JP was doing it too. Uh, so what I wanted to do was just examples of problem solving that then maybe got you interested into that person so that you would reach out to them and then they would have the opportunity to make a sale and stuff. Real right? quick, because I want the audience to know, um, you're still doing that show, right? Yes, sir. So, and it's called it's called Tally Book? Tally Book Troubleshooting. Okay, well, uh, so for the audience that doesn't know, why I know it's got an oil-filled reference there. Can you explain what that is real quick? And so, tell so the Tally the Books are out there. Uh, you know, They're usually on rigs, but a lot of the upstream guys keep them. They, they're an advertisement, but they're originally there as to keep the tally, the number of tubing, or drill pipe, or collars, drill drill pipe, and their lengths, so that you knew your depth. Yeah. But a lot of, you know, for instance, fishing guys keep them, so you know, when they arrived on location, what steps were taken, how much did they pull and wait, so that they can go back and reference that to show what steps were taken to solve the problem. So that's where the name, shout out to Janie Snelson, she's the one that kind of came up with that. And so, you know, we would have stories on, like, for instance... Uh, one story was a giant vessel was sold in South Louisiana to ExxonMobil, but they wanted it moved up to Oklahoma. Day comes to move this giant thing up there. Cranes on location, trucks, we're talking $20,000 a day worth of equipment. And all of a sudden, the state of Louisiana comes on and says, or comes to them and says, hey, by the way, that bridge we said could handle the weight can't handle the weight. You can't drive over this bridge. It was the only access off this location. So what do you do, right? You got all this pressure. The guy goes, I'll get a barge. So he gets a barge, puts it next to the bridge. The crane moves all the stuff to the, to the, you know, the river, the bridge. They put it on the barge, which is next to the, uh, the bridge. They move all the equipment across, pick it back up. And then they didn't have to get on. And then they were on their way to Oklahoma. Yeah. Like, that sounds simple enough to think of right now, but when you have that much pressure, you know, on you, like, that was a pretty ingenious way of solving how you get across a bridge without driving across a bridge, right? Yeah. And so I've had lots of people come on and tell stories. Now I've kind of started doing a few round tables and trying to educate about carbon capture or refineries or a few other things, you know, that may be not a tiny story anymore, but I still try and keep to the, the premise was... If you got an interesting story, come on and tell it, right? Like, and a lot of people don't understand. They, they want to come on and they want to do a sales pitch. Yeah. I'm like, don't, don't do the sales pitch. Nobody wants to listen to that. Well, nobody buys from the company. They buy from you, right? Exactly, yeah. right? So I was like, man, if you got some story where the rig was on fire and you somehow figured out a way to put it all out in five minutes, like people are going to want to hear that, right? And mm -hmm. that's a personal 
you know, ingenious that demonstrated your ingenious, you know, yeah. not the companies, not the products or something. Yeah. And so, you know, I've had been very fortunate to have all kinds of people come on and tell all kinds of great stories for that. There's a couple of key points about you that I want to drill a little bit deeper into right here. Uh, <clears throat> and I'll, the first one, I'll start by telling a, about a movie I saw uh, called Apocalypto. Have you seen that? Yes, sir. Okay, so if you haven't seen it out there, see it. It's an, an amazing movie about the 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 Aztec, the end of the Aztec em, Empire, and how it was uh, spiraling out of control, and the the European colonials were just about to be there. But it's uh, about a native tribe in the middle of the uh, maybe the Yucatan, maybe maybe Central America. But uh, they come a they're out hunting and they come across another tribe that was obviously in distress and they were trying to pass through. And, um, the guy was obviously, he had issues and talking to him and then we can, they get back to their tribe. The, his father, who is obviously the elder and is an incredibly wise man tells him, he goes, what did you see on this man? And he said, uh, he said, what you saw was fear. He said, and basically communicated to his son that fear is a disease. Don't let it infect you and don't bring it into this village. Positivity works the exact same way. And you, I think, do that for people. And, and I think you probably have people in your life that do it for you. So my, I guess what the question I want you to answer, because your positivity, I, I don't need to tell people you have it. They, they've already heard that. What do you do to keep it? Are you, are you, do you do mindful exercises? I kind of just remember my past because I wasn't always like, if I could go back and tell myself, you know, a couple of things, being more positive would be one of them. I was, Mm. I would call it being more a realistic guy, but you know, at the end of the day, it was probably more negative Mm -hmm. than positive. And my, if you knew me just starting out in the oil field, like if I was given an impossible task, I I would bitch at that impossible task instead of seeing okay you know what i may not be able to get it all done but now instead of doing the seven things i think i can maybe i could actually get eight out of the ten you know what i mean and see it more as a challenge so i you know the the lessons of the past you know kind of are always with me uh i I think i've grown quite a bit since once i first started i I think that's true for a lot of people but there's no sense being, and I have kids now, so maybe, maybe I'm not giving it as much credit. I try to be a better example for them. It changes you. Oh, for sure. I watched it change my brother deeply. So yeah, it changes you. So there's, there's a number of things. Do I go and, and, you know, meditate or something? No, but maybe I kind of do because I, I do take some time for myself and and, and try and focus. Mm -hmm. I don't maybe think of it that way, but Maybe maybe that's actually probably what it's called, taking a few moments for myself yeah. and going through what I got to get done today and how, you know, is today going to be a good day? I pray with the family at the end of the night with my kids and my wife, too, and we give thanks. So that's part of uh, it. You know, that, you know, that's been a, a real big part, focusing more on that. And once again, it's probably because I have kids now that uh, I'm trying to be a better example for them than, you know, what's the sense in... Yeah. The other, the worrying about shit all the time. Of, absolutely, and of course, the other thing uh, that struck me was, um, you know, <clears throat> and again, I give all the credit in the world to my former mentor, who pretty much taught me everything I need to know about life and business. But one thing is helping people, and um, you know, 
it doesn't have to come back to uh, to you directly. In other words, you could help me do something, but it, and I, and I may not be able to repay that, and just because of lack of opportunity or whatever that may be. But it's going to come back in some kind of way, whether it be like a karma type thing or something. You know, I know somebody eventually that helps you. But what I the people I want to surround myself. with, with another person I'm trying to be is a person that helps people when there's nothing expected in return. Now, I've seen you do that a lot. Like when you bring people on your, your, your tally book show, you're not expecting anything from them, nothing at all. And so that's, that's uh, I think that, you know, I'd like you to speak to that and why that's important to you because it's important to me as well. Well, actually what I'm most proud of is I do used to, it used to be a lot more, you know, do a lot more of it on, uh, after I got hired on with, uh, arc energy, LinkedIn was, was huge reason why I got it. And the people, like, like I said, to mention JP helped me and David Gibson, Janie Snelson, lots of people. So I started this thing called pay it forward Friday and where I would feature job seekers. And for the record, that is the third thing like uh, on a regular basis that you do i I try to make it a regular basis thing and it's crazy i'll I'll speak a little bit to that because it kind of speaks to a couple different points but okay if i got this following people for whatever reason i still don't understand like i'll get more more view like i only have eight thousand followers or connections there's people that have twenty five thousand thirty thousand and for whatever reason you know my post will will do better and i I can't explain it or, or what, but so I had this following. I was like, let me try and help some job seekers. And I would, you know, feature them. And just recently, like two weeks ago, I did Cosmo, a girl who recently lost her job out here doing sales. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say anything, but I think she already got a, you know, a job offer from, from that posting and stuff. I tried doing it again last uh, uh, week for a woman named Leanne. Uh, it didn't go, you know, I think I only got like five or 6,000 views on that versus, you know, Cosmo's got 25,000 or it something. Is, you, it's kind of weird how some Some of work. it hits and miss, but, you know, you know, I know four or five people that literally they got their, you know, Sonia Eichler was another one. I, I helped her out and happy to do that. But the crazy part, okay, I want to do that. I've seen people post on LinkedIn, say, hey, I've been looking for a job for two years. I'm desperate. I'm, you know, I really could use some help. I will literally reach out to them, message them, and be like, hey, if you're interested, I'll feature you on Pay It Forward Friday. But just to make sure that you know how to work LinkedIn, and a lot of this happens with you, all you have to do is click on this hashtag, Pay It Forward Friday, Find one of the posts. I don't care which one it was where I'm helping a job seeker. Click like so I know you found one and add a comment so you can see what you kind of got to do to you know help keep the algorithm. Because when someone says, hey, good luck, you got to respond. Thank you very much. Yeah. That helps drive a lot of that. I would say 99% of the people don't respond or aren't interested. Isn't that wild? It, and to me, I'm like, wait, you're like anytime anybody reached out to me with anything when i was looking for a job even if i thought it was kind of far-fetched i i did it because hey what do i gotta lose and it's crazy to me how many people either won't respond or just won't won't do it they're like oh sorry because why i asked that is somebody asked me one time hey can you feature my friend and i was like 
no problem, man. For you, anything. And I'm like, hey, guy, all you got to do is click like on the comments and respond when these people and, and take the connections when they, they reach out to you. And I did this for this one gentleman. Complete no show. So people were reaching out to him. He wouldn't connect, didn't anything. And it was just like, Keith, what's up with this guy? So now it's coming back on me. Like here, it's kind of like I'm vouching for them that they need this job so bad. Apparently they don't need the job so bad that they're not even willing to respond. So it was just like, okay, I'll have at least one little prerequisite, right? Yeah. And it, to get them involved, they, you have to participate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I took a cue from you. Um, you know, like, you know, I've been kind of absent from LinkedIn again for the past, you know, while I've been, while I've been uh, dealing with my medical issues. But, uh, I, I went and visited Texas Tech where I, where I went to school. And, uh, I, I am incredibly grateful for Texas Tech, not, not just the college, the experience there, uh, the city of Lubbock and, you know, mostly the, the lifetime friends and network. That I made there, my, what I'm doing now would not be even remotely possible if it weren't for people I met there. So I, I made, a, I took a picture in front of the. There's a big stone Texas Tech, the, mm -hmm. the, the 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 symbol of the college, right in front of the, you know the major entrance there. And I took a picture in front of it, and it was um, I took a picture there in front of it because it was where me and my family and I. I was the first one to graduate from college, so it was, my family came all the way from Georgia. Uh, we took a picture right there, and I took a picture there to say, you know, and it's like, hey. I'm so thankful for what this was. This was a blessing beyond belief for this, you know, pretty much poor kid out of the, you know, uh, the, the woods of Georgia was able to go to this awesome college and, 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 and do well and, and experience everything. And I posted it on there. That thing got 1,100 like, replies and, and, and likes. And that was by far the biggest post I ever, I, I did not, it was not intended for that. It, I, like, I, I did not, this was not try okay how can i get the most mm -hmm. attention out of this this wasn't like a a a, a self-promoting it was genuine right? it was genuine genuine, it was genuine and authentic and that's you know that's, that's what does good yeah. online that's what you got to be and, I, and, I, and i've been talking to my brother about that as he's launching his own little uh, online presence now it's like authenticity you know like he, i said right talk about your fatherhood and your family and all the stuff you do with them because that's what he's involved in like people want to, people want to talk about authentic people they want to know about authentic people who have who, who uh, you know, are good people, basically. And I, 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 don't, I don't have a better way to describe it, but that's, I like to deal with people who, in my life, who are going to add. And that doesn't mean add physical or monetary things. It just means add spiritually. Like, because when you deal with people who are positive, that helps you. That makes you, that makes you feel positive. And you deal with people who are negative, that could drag your ass down with them. And uh, it's a tough thing because people who are in a bad place need help. They need people to help them. So I guess uh, that's up for another conversation is how to help people who are because you've been helping a lot of people who need jobs. And that's a tough thing because if they're needing a job, they're probably in a bad spot. you know. And, and, and so dealing with them and keeping them positive like you is, is a tough thing. And also you got to be careful not to let you slide into their – their their brain waves and, and not thing. seem like you're judging them or yeah. you know or insulting them. Like I've tried to reach out to a couple people, you know, where they post and it's pretty negative stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, hey, man, I'm I'm not an expert or anything, but by the way, this isn't this isn't helping your cause. This, this isn't going to get it done. Like I'll just take it. You know, you can look at what I did and and you know if you want an example, but I'm just. I don't know if anybody's reached out to you or said anything, but like maybe change your tactic. 
Well, Keith, uh, we're running up on the end of time here. Uh, I forgot to mention, uh, we have, we are here at the, uh, Petroleum Museum in Midland. And if you haven't seen this thing, if you're out here and you've seen it, you, you said something about race cars earlier. And we're, we're actually recording in a room full of race cars. And the Petroleum Club is pretty amazing, uh, to show the history of the oil field and everything that's, uh. Oh, I'll take you to the other side there where all the real oil field stuff is. Yeah. This is just a really cool room, in my opinion. Uh, it's been featured on my, you know, the little LinkedIn videos numerous times, but it's yeah. usually what most people kind of, at least the guys come in here and yeah, they want to be awesome. in front of. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show. I, I greatly appreciate it. You're, uh, I've learned a lot from you. Uh, you definitely uh, have, uh, you got a lot to, to, you know, there, you've done a lot of things that people can learn from, but also kind of channel your energy a little bit as well as one of the greatest things I can do in your positivity. To, uh, can you tell if people want to, you know, I think people will want to learn a little bit more about you and see what you do. Can you, uh, you know, your LinkedIn and whatever else, social media you may have, can you tell the audience how to find that stuff? So for the most part, I'm on LinkedIn. You know, I, I post a little bit of stuff to YouTube, but nobody ever goes there. But you can find me on, on LinkedIn, Keith Stelter. I work for Arc Energy, just how it's kind of spelled. Uh Tally Book Tuesday is, you know, when I upload my shows. Uh, I do a little thing, uh, networking events also in uh, uh, the Permian here. Uh, workout Wednesdays, uh, something that's always been a hobby of mine. I always wanted a, an alternative to just all these drinking events and stuff. So uh, get together, work out, get a little bit of a sweat on and uh, uh, do that. And, you know, if you know anybody needing help, like I said, pay it for it Friday. I, I featured charities and you know fundraisers and job seekers and stuff trying to you know I, i've been very fortunate so i'm just trying to give back that way and uh shout out to arc energy for whatever reason always keep supporting me and uh, a lot of my customers do as well so it's uh it's been a great experience overall like uh, it's if you would have told me four years ago that I'd be doing internet shows and posting <laughs> all the time, uh, I would have laughed at you and called you crazy. So uh, awesome. it's amazing what you can do when you have to do it, right? That's awesome. Yes, it is. Uh, next time we see each other will be uh, December, December 1st. December 1st. December 1st. And, uh, doing some modeling of yeah, some clothes. You I are. Uh, I don't think, you know, I know I won't be. But uh, so what it is is uh, the, it's the oil and gas charity ball put on by Social Octane. Uh, the Gatsby Party is what they call it. It's a Gatsby theme. Uh, if you want to be, uh, I guess it's the public. Is tickets, oh, available, yeah. to, tickets available uh, to the public. It is an amazing uh, event. I actually uh, have a big personal surprise uh, being presented at this event. So it's going to be a game-changing big event for me. And I appreciate uh, Mark and the people over there for, for having me and being involved. But, yeah, I'll see you there. Hopefully. Uh, and it's an excuse to get really dressed up. Like how is. many times do you have a year a where you get party. to – you know, and it's not a stuffy wedding or mm. something, so you get to really dress up and uh, have a good time. Well, I will see you there, sir. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and accept the mission. Please subscribe to the Mission Zero podcast on your preferred streaming service and be sure to give us a five-star review.